Welcome to Strange Bedfellows Podcast, where no question is too dark, no topic too taboo. Join us to explore sexuality, self-help, and politics with our expert guests and friends. We believe that sexual rights are human rights and that we can all create a brighter world through education and conversation. I am a parent, I am a certified holistic sex educator, I am a longtime sex worker and adult industry entertainer. My name is Elle Stanger and I'm a host of Strange Bedfellows Podcast. My name's John. You might know me as the audio engineer and editor of last season's podcast. I'm now returning as a co-host for season two. I'm a 22-year-old gay man and activist who will share my perspective in the coming season. Join us while we explore and uncover the things that make us squirm, make us shiver, make us tingle in delight. Because sex and politics can make for some very strange bedfellows. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows Podcast. My name is Elle. I am one of your hosts of the Self-Help Sex and Politics Podcast out of Portland, Oregon. Joining me today is my co-host, John. Hey, how's it going? Hey. And our guest today is cartoonist Erica Moen. Erica is a co-creator of Oh Joy Sex Toy Comics and Collectible Books and Drawn to Sex, The Basics. Erica Moen's books can be found in any sex store that carries books or any bookstore that can order it for you. You can also contact or find Erica at ojoysextoy.com. Uh, Erica, real quick, you said your husband is the other creator? Yeah, co-creator. We, we came up with it together and we've been working on it together the whole time. That's awesome. Uh, what is his name? His name is Matthew Nolan. Okay, cool. Sometimes we have people on and they can't talk about their partners at all. So, oh no, that we're we're pretty out in the open about being partners uh, in in marriage and in business. Yeah, I definitely. I'm so glad that you're able to talk about that because I think your story is a little interesting in the way that when we met, uh, when we met some years ago for an unrelated thing, I remember that there was some kerfuffle that you had been. A lesbian, yeah, <laughs> and you fell in love with a man. Yeah, now I'm a hasbian. A hasbian. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're definitely going to talk about your work, um, but I really am interested. Can you talk about how your lesbian identity, throughout creating and just being yourself, has maybe been challenged or adapted to queer identity with your love for Matt? Okay, in high school, I'd sort of had a girlfriend, but I hadn't really realized that's what it was. I thought we were just super duper best friends. And then I got to college and I for reals got a girlfriend. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, my super duper best friend in high school, we'd do this and that. And like, I had this little lesbian crew and they're like, um, Erica, sweetheart, that's not what best friends do. That's what <laughs> girlfriends do. And I was like, oh, I was gay all along. <laughs> and um and so I'm in college and I'm like oh fuck yeah queer identity and and uh, I the the thought of touching a man and mind you this is back in the day when things were just pretty cisgender as far as a uh, queer knowledge was going yeah at but least what, in my what years was this oh god early 2000s okay cool <laughs> um early early 2000s I, I think. was a wee little boy yeah John's yeah. 22 I'm 32 <laughs> how old are you Erica uh, I'm 35 okay Ooh, I'm the old woman in the room Ooh. I really had a lot of issues about dudes and, and the thought of touching, being physical with a dude, like would literally make me physically sick. So I was like, okay, I'm super duper attracted to women. I love fucking women. Uh, I'm repulsed at the thought of touching men. 
kind of sounds like a lesbian, right? Like right. that seems like a safe bet. Right. And, um, and so then I was in a relationship that was on again, off again. And I went off to France to do study abroad. And <laughs> my girlfriend had once again dumped me, but there was this understanding that when I came back to the U S we were going to get back together. It's just while I was going to be gone this whole time, you know, she didn't want to wait around for me <laughs> <laughs> again, um, monogamy ideas that we have. Yeah. It was, it was a first relationship. Got, gotcha. We were, <laughs> we were young then. Yeah, We were John's age. Uh, yeah, actually. Oh, don't scare me like that. At all. <laughs> I, I was 21. I yeah. think. Yeah, I was 21. And I was doing this webcomic that was a, a journal journal comic and I would just blurt out my life. And it was I was people are always like, oh, why did you choose to do that? And in my head, it was no different than Twitter. Uh, well, Twitter back in the early days where it's mm-hmm. just like you could just be like, hey, guys, I'm going to the store and I tripped. Ha ha. Funny story. <laughs> and uh, and that's what my comic was. It was just it was Twitter, but drawn. Yeah. And uh, it's and like Twitter, but with effort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, those drawings, I don't know. Oh, stop it. But, uh, but I, in, in my comic, I was just like in real time talking about like, oh, my God, I think I'm a lesbian. And oh, my God, I have a girlfriend. And oh, wow, I blew in her vagina. And I guess you're not supposed to do that. They get real mad when you do that. <laughs> um, uh, pro tip, do not blow in the vagina. It's dangerous. It's, it is dangerous, it turns out. It turns out, yeah, supposedly you can get an embolism, which yeah. people got People got really mad at me when I said that on Instagram. I was like, I read what? in this book, I was like, I read in this medical book, you're not supposed to blow into a pussy, you can get an embolism if yeah. the air gets trapped. And people were like, that's not true, I do what? that all the time, that's shaming. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway. Oh God. Um, King shaming I, embolisms, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, that is true. And mind you, I mean, I think it's like, you have to really be blasting into the vagina to do that, but just like a light puff of air on the outer lips i think that's fine you're gonna be fine yeah okay anyway enough about blowing on the vag which Mm. you shouldn't do um let's see here oh oh and so matthew had been reading my comic and he had never written to me he had never reached out he was just like this british boy oh he's in england by the way Mm -hmm. and uh he just quietly been reading it and so i'm over in france and i'm i'm all up for exploration and i'm i'm just traveling to lots of different places by myself and I wrote on my live journal. I was like, hey, guys, England's super duper close to France. Uh, Like, it's incredible. You can just go over there for a weekend. No big deal. And there was this comic convention that was happening this one weekend. And so I wrote on my live journal. I was like, hey, I'm going to come over for this comic convention. Does anybody want to hang out? And Mm. he wrote, he left a comment and was like, hey, uh, yes. And also, I can hook you up with a place to stay if you want. Mm. And I know that that's totally sketchy. However, I was 21 and I was all about not having to pay for a place to stay. So, okay, to (laughs) my credit, (laughs) to my credit, I looked up a whole bunch of hostels that were also in the area and I was like, okay, I'm going to meet him. If I get any sketchy vibes, I have an alternative. I have other places I can go stay. Smart. Yeah. So, uh, so I take the train over. Because that's that's how far away England is from France. You John just, is French-born, actually. <gasps> no shit. Yeah, I was born you know in... all about this then. Yeah, England is so close. It's super close, yeah. All you have to do is pay for the train ticket, and yep. you're, you're there in a couple hours. So. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I did that. And then uh, I was getting off the train. And this is, like, you know how you have some memories that are just, like, emblazoned in your brain mm-hmm. and just, just mm-hmm. struck by lightning memories? Yeah. And I got off the train, and I didn't totally know what he looked like maybe he'd sent me a picture but i i looked down the uh what is it the dock uh the 
the extended wooden plat- platform, the platform. Mm-hmm. And um, there are these two boys at the other end. And one of them uh, waved at me. And I realized, oh, that's him. And then I felt this lightning bolt hit me. And I was like, I want to fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, True and, lust. Yeah, right? No, and it was totally lust. Like, I don't, I, I don't believe in love at first sight or anything. I think that's bullshit. But it was definitely want to fuck that guy at first sight. <laughs> and back home, like, I had my little lesbian posse. And all the dykes I knew had been like, oh, yeah, I hooked up with a guy once. Ha ha, funny story. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, this will be my funny story. <laughs> Because I thought, well, like, how, when am I going to be attracted to a guy again? I have to act on this. Like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I spent the whole weekend just hitting on him so hard, so blatantly. Oh, and mind you, uh, when we had emailed in advance, uh, he's like, yeah, I have a friend who lives in London. This is his apartment and I'll, I'll stay there with you guys and, you know, blah, 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 planning. And my first email to him was, all right, listen, buddy, I'm a lesbian, (laughs) so don't try anything and don't think that there's anything that's going to happen because it's not. And I I literally wrote the line, like, please don't rape or kill me. So that was my first message to my husband, my future husband. Yes. Okay, so we meet. I'm struck by lightning and I'm like, oh my God. And so I'm hitting on him super duper hard and bless his heart. He was just like, oh, this is a cultural difference. American lesbians are just super duper friendly. (laughs) (laughs) To men. (laughs) To to men. No. Um, To British boys. Sweetie. And um, and so, yeah, I finally, after a whole weekend of just just absurd hitting on him, um, finally we were sitting on a a stoop outside of his friend's house and I was like, hey, uh, I want to kiss you. And he was so shocked and he like recoiled and said like but but you're a lesbian i was like yeah but i, I still want to kiss you and um and then we did and then i married him a few years later um, but yeah so as far as sorry you were asking about the evolution of queer identity well though. i mean did you receive any backlash from your friends when you returned home or was that was that well, a process? It it was a process because Matt and I, we very much understood that this is a European fling. And I'm going to go back to the States. I'm going to get back together with my girlfriend. And this is just like, a this was just a fun thing that the universe threw together. And then like, cause you, we're not going to do long distance. Like, are you kidding me from, from the US to the UK? No way. No. I don't want to do that. No. Sounds tiring. It's awful. Um, And then, but we just kind of, uh, act, uh, my friends had this intervention. They're like, you can't get back together with your girlfriend. And I was like, oh. And then Matt and I, like, we were really best friends right from the get-go. Like, we just clicked so well. Like, immediately, within five minutes of meeting him, we were joking around like we'd known each other our whole lives. And, um, and so we kind of accidentally stayed in contact. And then it was sort of like, okay, well, we're, I guess we're sort of, we'll just do this long-distance thing until either of us find somebody else like mm-hmm. no hard feelings totally understandable obviously this has this can go nowhere and um and then it just kept going and then yeah so it's, it was sort of like this this gradual slide into like oh my god i'm in a serious relationship with a dude <laughs> and um it was really hard for me at first honestly like it really did fuck with my head and um I want to hear about that because the reason I'm asking is for mm-hmm. a lot of people that lean heavily on their identity and then mm-hmm. when that identity changes yep 
that was definitely me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I always, I feel like it's karma because I was so fucking judgmental of 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 the lesbians with a boyfriend and it's like what you you just want the cool label of being like i'm with girls but you're with a man like i was i I was a dick (laughs) so now you're dealing do you ever deal with that do you ever feel like you miss a part of that identity uh which identity lesbian identity well i mean partially but what do you call yourself now I call myself queer. Okay. And like, if you want to get down to the nitty gritty and get real specific, I would say I'm bisexual slash pansexual, but I just, you know, it's, I feel like every five years there's a bit of a shift that happens and my focus kind of transitions a little bit. And so just queer is kind of a, a a nice umbrella term Mm -hmm. and it just tells you like, yeah, I'm not straight. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying to John yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, as far as in terms of myself. But I have a, a longer history of being more with uh, cis men. Mm. Um, yeah, but uh, what you said earlier, um, so John, you're a gay man. Um, yeah. There's definitely, when you're not hetero, it's definitely like I think a lot of your romances are either you don't fully, you're not aware of them because they're not framed in our culture. So what you said earlier about like, oh, I really, really had a close best friend, <laughs> but, but that was like a, that was a sexual intimate, you know, loving yeah. relationship perhaps. Yeah. So you guys began working together. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let me back up. Behind the scenes, Matt has always been above and beyond supportive of me doing comics. And uh, even to the point where like I... I, I work very, very hard, but comics is a, a career where you don't make much money. And so he would be bearing the the brunt of earning the income. Mm-hmm. And he could, he would have been well within his rights to be like, okay, babes, you know, you've, you've done this for a couple of years now. This has been fun, but can you get a real job now? Can you really start contributing? Mm. But he's always been like, no, this is important. As long as I am able to, I, I want you to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And so, and mind you, I don't want to say like I wasn't making any money. I, I, I could afford to pay for our rent. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was it. That nothing. But you felt like a disparity was there for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, he went to school for doing uh, video game stuff. Mm-hmm. And so as a freelancer, he was able to, I, I mean, he wasn't earning crazy money, but just uh, the income you can earn from doing 3D computer things (laughs) pays a lot better than print yeah yeah um well and especially my kind of print because like i was doing queer weirdo diary comics like you don't make money doing that are you kidding it's so hard to make money from art or education in the first place Mm -hmm. but then I mean, so he knew the value of your work because he was drawn to it in the first place. Yeah. Right. That's why he was a fan. Yeah. Um, I totally hooked up with a fan. Yeah. <laughs> like the one and only time I hooked up with a fan and then I married him. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not good at this rock star lifestyle. <laughs> or maybe you're just excellent at it. Yeah. Maybe I'm super good at it. Oh, that's funny. The one time I bent the rules um, in the lap dance room, um, that's my current person <laughs> two and a half years later. I know. And we're like... He's my best friend. So I'm like, Aww. you know what? Sometimes you just have a good judgment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is something I want to ask mm-hmm. all of us. Uh, did anybody here ever draw like erotic cartoons or sex or genital related doodles as a kid? Not really. Really? No. Oh, I'm sorry. I've been talking a whole bunch. Did you, did, did you draw anything in a probes? 
Uh, I used to draw dicks, but then I would generally like be worried to like I don't know that they were inappropriate, so I'd only draw them at school where I thought it was fine, and then at home like I would draw other stuff over it and just turn it into like a cartoon animal or something if it uh, yeah. snakes. Yeah, I, I drew stick figures having sex at school, and then I put it in my pocket, and then my mom found it. No, yeah. Um, and then it was like, do you, I remember she's like, do you want to ask me anything? Like any questions? I'm like, no, <laughs> nope, not at all. That's real cool of your mom. Um, she tried. It was like her, her voice was strained. Like, oh, do you want to ask me any questions? You know? <laughs> okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So they tried. She gave me a book. I turned out fine. Look at me now. <laughs> I, uh, I actually was super, uh, like I was terrified of sex as a kid and anything sexual and mm. so i did not draw any i wait i did used to draw jessica rabbit but she wasn't doing anything explicit <laughs> she was just being sexy she was just standing there like i oh god i was such like a little baby lesbian I, I all my fan art that i was drawing was just all my favorite lady cartoon characters mm, <laughs> that adorable. Is um, adorable but uh but i did not draw them doing anything dirty and i thought swear words would send you to hell and were you raised religious well that's the thing is not super duper it, it, it was like that religious um you know don't don't touch yourself don't da, 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 but without god okay okay um, so just like socially conservative maybe without god yeah uh it was it was it, it was weird <laughs> <laughs> but so you took that i mean obviously there was a huge development like you you came from drawing and journaling your growth and your mm -hmm. you know your existence and you turned it into actually like you look up educational sources and you transform them into easy to read yeah. art for lots of people mm -hmm. so I think that's so interesting that it's not like you always had the interest maybe as a child or maybe you had the interest but you, it wasn't being nurtured well it was terror it uh. was it, it, it see the thing is it my mom uh uh is intense um i no longer have any contact with her and i, I haven't for the last 10 years mm -hmm. and um she very much was of the the mindset that um your virginity is a gift that you give your husband mm. and uh you you know all that that classic um mm -hmm. sex shamey stuff and uh it was not a great situation with her and so I was just raised. Oh, and, and also, like, I remember at a very young age, I was invited over to my friend's house, who was a boy, and it never, nothing had ever occurred to me. And she was like, Erica, do not be alone in a room with him at any time. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> well, and, like, men can't help themselves. Like, yeah. even even your your best friends, even, no matter if, if it's a dude and you trust him and you love him. It, there's something that happens if you're in a room alone with them, like something switches and they can't help themselves. Is the idea. Is, yeah. Yeah. Is My the... mom was like a whole other type of like misunderstanding. Um, I had a, a friend who was a lesbian in high school and um, I was, I, I was self-identifying ready as gay by that time. So I would have sleepovers with her and where she would come over to the house. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, well, she's a lesbian and you're gay. So, what if you guys end up doing something together? And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, mom, that's literally the opposite of how this entire like operation works. Like what we do is like, we go on the internet and just like make fun of strangers. Like we were like kids in high school. Like we just like 
went on like random things and uh, just that's my funny. mom was like yeah you guys will sleep, be sleeping in separate bedrooms and i was like Sh- okay sure you're weird but whatever there's such like, a fear there like yeah. so neither one of your parents but as a parent i'm like taking this and i'm like okay how am i gonna like i want to teach context appropriate so like if you and your friend are touching each other i would appreciate not walking in on it you know but yeah. like close the door or something yeah but if there's not a pregnancy issue especially mm-hmm. it's like less stressful yeah. i think yeah pregnants are afraid of their kids getting pregnant oh god or just like yeah losing their virginity yeah. which is crazy to me um so real quick before we take a break um you had said that you can't speak incredibly specifically mm-hmm to your personal experience with FOSTA, but you've consulted about it. Yes. Um, and so I want to ask if FOSTA, the way that FOSTA and SESTA have limited um, people's access to, you know, the way it's coming with like Tumblr and Facebook, you, they're limiting our access to being able to seek out sex education, whether it's a drawing. So has this impacted you at all in the last year since FOSTA SESTA passed? Okay. So the site as it currently exists and the comics that we have already done, uh, it does not seem our risk assessment is extremely extremely low and for the most part what we've covered uh is outside the extremely broad reach but uh right now it it looks like the the specifically sex ed stuff we're doing uh is just enough outside of SESTA-FOSTA's parameters that it looks like we're okay so far it does severely interfere with plans we had for the future of the site Mm. um so it like it on the one hand it it was like oh yay everything we've done is safe ish um but then it's like oh but we had all these plans for these other comics we wanted to do and oh fuck Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like it still is it definitely is uh having an impact but on something that doesn't exist yet it was still in the the formulation Mm -hmm. stages okay so it could be worse that's nice (laughs) yeah yeah no it could be worse um but i mean like ojoy even way 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 before sesta fosta like we are on so many block lists um really oh god tons like i i was keeping a list for a while people would report to me like from around the world telling me where the the internet was blocking the site oh (laughs) wow that's interesting because it counts as porn right um, which yeah. is really funny and if for mm-hmm. some reason nobody has yet if you're listening to this episode look up oh joy sex toy and tell me if you think that's offensive because i don't but <laughs> well i think your uh your your views might be a bit more liberal than yeah <laughs> i was about hair. to say l there's an entire like red belt like just waiting yeah. to scream yes at you <laughs> i know i know but even in the context of like what we're up against like you're up against people who are terrified of the word penis. I know, but you did <laughs> anal sex safety snails and it was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Go slow and use lots of lube. Right? That's so adorable. It's oh my God. I know. It's I love like, that. And it's so true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Okay, yeah. good. Well, let's take a break and we'll come back and do some listener questions. We know that masturbation is one of the healthiest ways we can remind ourselves that we are worthy and capable of pleasure which is why I'm excited to tell you about Unbound, a women-founded and run startup dedicated to making design-centric vibrators that are body-safe and affordable, starting at $18. You'll get 10% off your order of $35 or more at unboundbabes.com with the code STRANGEBEDFELLOWS. Visit Unbound Babes to view their full line of pleasure products. 
Are you a Portland area sex worker seeking a judgment-free therapy provider? Margaret King is a trauma-informed and sex-positive mental health counselor serving kinky and swerking peoples in the Portland metro area. Attunement Psychotherapy offers clients a variety of creative interventions to assist in their sharing process, including transpersonal perspectives, somatic awareness, art making, and dream work. Contact attunementpsychotherapy.com or call 971-271-0633. To learn more about scheduling an appointment in her southeast office. Designed by Dallas Dominatrix Mistress Petra Hunter, the Sissy Kit provides all-inclusive training packages designed exclusively for sissies. Whether you're a beginner sissy or a full-blown sissy slut, these kits are perfect for those of you looking to spice up your play. The kits are a great fit for those new to the lifestyle or those too nervous to visit a dominatrix. Kits are shipped worldwide with flat rate shipping and purchases are billed and shipped discreetly. To get started, visit thesissykit.com. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows. You can find us on patreon.com slash strangebedfellows. And if you want to contribute a little bit every month, we would greatly appreciate it because it helps us develop our equipment and plans for the future. Mm-hmm. And also find us on strangebedfellowspdx.com. Everybody asks me what the PDX is for. It's what Portland uses as a shortened, like as an abbreviation. I don't know why. Uh, find me on Instagram, stripper writer, John, your metric dot cafe. Erica, you're on Instagram. I am. I'm fuck yeah, Erica Moen. Erica spelled with a K. There's this poor other Erica Moen who's on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that poor woman. I'm so sorry. Did she get attention? Yep. What did you say your porn name was going to be? Erica Moanin. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so let's do some listener questions. Specifically thinking of you, Erica, I don't know if you have any recommendations for this one, but the question is, I'm looking for some erotica to help bring a little spice to my lunch breaks. I'm trying to avoid cheesy or cringy. So erotica can be really hard to find. I always recommend, uh, I don't know how to say it, Cleis Press. I think it's Cleis? Cleis Press, C-L-E-I-S press.com, I think. Sounds about right. Yeah, sounds about right. But they publish a ton of erotica. Um, I don't remember who was the editor, but there's one called The Best Bisexual Women's Erotica. I jacked off to that one quite a bit. <laughs> Can you think of any other directions you would point to anybody? If the if the listeners are interested in illustrated erotica, uh, my most favorite porn comic is Yes, comma, Roya. It's written by uh, Iron Sp- well Spike Spike Trotman. Sorry, she's got a bunch of different namey mm-hmm. nickname things. It's hard to remember which one goes where. Mm-hmm. Um, it's written by C. Spike Trotman, and it's illustrated by Emily Denich. Denick. Um, yes, Roya. It's just, oh my God, it's gorgeous. And really? it's so incredibly well written. How do you spell Roya? R-O-Y-A. Cool. Okay, people look that up. Um, and it, it like it's it, it's a comic where just on its own, Porn aside, it's just one of the best comics I've ever read. Really? It's a compelling story. It's about a married couple in the 1950s, interracial, and the, the wife secretly 
is the cartoonist, but she's a black woman in the 1950s. Ah, so the hard white, to get published. Mm-hmm. So the white husband is uh, distributing her work as if he's the artist, which is it's all agreed upon. There, you know, it's not mm-hmm. like she's yeah. being exploited. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then there's this young car- up and coming cartoonist who's like, ah, oh, the 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 man cartoonist. He's my hero. Da 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 da. I'd love to go meet him. And so he gets to have a face to face meeting with the the white husband. And then they find out, like, oh, it's actually Roya is the wife. Mm-hmm. And finds out, oh, it's Roya who's in charge. And then they enter a femdom relationship. <laughs> and it's <laughs> so good. And, 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 and the story is more than that. It's also, like, this really compelling story about the politics of the 1950s and mm-hmm. being a, a black woman surviving in the 1950s. And, oh, it's, it's just it's so good. And it's so hot. It's, it's really so sexy. Okay, story. good. That yeah. is way more recommendation than I had. So thank you. Oh. <laughs> no, that's great. I, I, I got this question. I was like, oh, I feel you. Because it is really hard to find stuff that doesn't feel too cheesy or cringy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, erotica is such an under represented I think an unappreciated form of erotic media because we're also used to thinking about porn you know porn mm-hmm. hub like visual porn but you can read a book anywhere you know mm-hmm. I, I sat on a plane and a lady was reading some steamy piece of crap next <laughs> to me and I say piece of crap because I like looked at a couple paragraphs I'm like that's not even well written anyway I'm judging <laughs> but you know but these little escapism mm-hmm. so erotica really helps charge people's creativity um, and their own ability to fantasize throughout their day, which we mm-hmm. all need. We need that bit of relaxation and like maybe a little dopamine or some kind of adrenaline or something. Uh, so a lot of people who are experiencing relationship burnout, I would definitely mm. suggest you try to find some more erotica because that can really help, especially for cis women who tend to have um, context uh, related arousal and not perhaps like spontaneous arousal that their male partners have. So there's a, you ever talk to people where it's like one of us has a higher libido mm-hmm. and it quite often turns out to be the man. So for people or anybody who's experiencing low libido, it's a great often thing recommended to read erotica. Um, Cause even just like reading something, you're like, Ooh, I'm turned on now. And then you can text your partner mm-hmm. be like, Hey, <laughs> just read this thing. <laughs> um, let's do the next question. So we got a question. Um, the person says, I'm 30 and have been in a relationship with a man for six years now. I've only just recently started to acknowledge how attracted I am to women amidst for falling for a male coworker and feeling open to the idea of poly for the first time. It all feels pretty weird and terrifying. How do you even begin to have a conversation like that with your partner? I definitely haven't fallen out of love with my original partner and don't want to lose him. Hmm. So I would ask your partner, well, first of all, have you ever talked to your man about the fact that you're suddenly becoming aware of your attraction for women? Like, have you talked to him about that at all? Because if you've never talked about your orientations with each other, I mean, I've asked B before, like so, so early on in the relationship, I was like, do you do you only date women or have you ever fucked any of your dude friends or, you know, and so just having a background is nice. Um, If you don't know each other's like background histories or orientations, maybe ask, because that could be a good way to say, you know, I always thought I was straight, but I starting to have kind of like attraction feelings when I see 
beautiful women and keep it maybe really, really general just to see how he responds to that. You know, it's not like, hey, you're threatened by this one person, (laughs) but make, you know, make it about you and your, your growth, your changes that you're noticing. Like, I don't know what to make of this, but it's happening. What do you think, partner? Yeah. Then they'll feel more included. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And then if they're comfortable with that, then you down the line maybe maybe in an hour I don't know it depends how the conversation goes maybe in an hour maybe in a month you could say you know I noticed I'm starting to have attraction feelings for this person because I don't know anything about your relationship so your boyfriend partner man whatever could fly off the handle or they could be like "Ooh, go on (laughs) yeah no definitely you'd have to know more about the partner um in question they might just have like we were talking about earlier like how um Erica, you were saying that some lesbians had funny stories about the one time they were with a guy Mm -hmm. and maybe his partner will be able to like be like, oh, here's a funny story of like the one time I was with a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, Or on the other hand, maybe he'll feel super threatened and freak out. So, you know, Mm -hmm. um, find a middle ground there and share the experience vaguely. Yeah. Um, Erica, what do you think? You're welcome to chime in. I I feel like you guys pretty much covered it. (laughs) Um, Nice. Although, okay, I I can't think of an example, but are there any movies that that talk about oh, somebody God. who was straight-ish and then they're kind of like wait maybe i i'm, I'm kind of attracted you know uh, i saw this documentary about Tignataro. am i saying that right oh yeah i think that's Tignataro. okay yeah. and and tig's partner was a straight woman and they developed one of those super intense close female friendships mm-hmm. and um and then tig was like hey actually i like you and the friend was saying, well, I'm straight. And they're like, okay, well, I guess we got to take a break from each other because this is not sustainable for me, this mm-hmm. lopsided dynamic. And then the friend was like, I really miss Tig. Oh, shit. I love Tig. And they're <laughs> married now. Aww. So you're talking about the comic? Uh, oh yeah sorry when you say comic i thought you meant like comic book oh no 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 sorry the comedian <laughs> yes the comedian <laughs> context um, yes so there's there's a documentary that it's That's talking cool. a bit about her cancer, but I think it's mostly about how she and her wife got together. That's well, cool. anyway, so like if there's some other movies that talk about people who felt they were one orientation and then they find themselves like feeling attraction for another, and it doesn't have to more. be like, and now I'm a lesbian. Yeah. There's just, a TV show, uh, Frank and Gracie on Netflix. Oh, I oh. don't know if that's like as positively framed i looked at a little bit of that yeah Uh, so i've seen all of it um it definitely starts out rough because these women have to like confront the fact that their husbands were both like gay and in a relationship secretly for 30 years but it was really interesting in the sense that like it didn't uh it it also got more nuanced as the show went along and they became friends and then like the the husbands eventually like get married spoiler alert um but like it it got pretty good but i was like Okay, well, that's the only example I can think of on Netflix, which Mm -hmm. makes me think, like you said, I I want more. Yeah, I want more. And the only thing, the thing that made Frank and Gracie less palatable for me in the beginning and why I only watched like an episode and a half, I think, is because I I thought, well, this is really cool that this show exists because these are affluent, older people, you know, navigating a lot of like shame and shit around homo homophobia homosexuality yeah um but i didn't find it as relatable for a lot of people who would be younger yeah you know because mm. i'm like the way these folks live like they have a lot of money they can travel around like i think this is not something a lot of people my age or younger will identify with yeah but no it's cool that this show exists because can you imagine confronting homophobia like at 65 70 <laughs> <laughs> when you've maybe never had yeah. to um yeah i want more of that 
I want I want so much more of that. Give us it Netflix. Yeah. And if you've been to this question, if you've been with in a relationship with this person for six years and you haven't fallen out of love with them and you don't want to lose them, which is what you said, it's really gonna come down to how receptive they are to your new developing orientation or like awareness around that you know because that's half of the puzzle so if they're cool with it you can go in a completely different direction you know you 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 two could be doing like sex parties and you know god knows what (laughs) (laughs) well and also like it 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 is a spectrum just because you're feeling an attraction right now Mm. it doesn't mean like you have to jump in and be full poly you know you can Mm -hmm. it, it starts with baby steps and and you can say like hey i'm starting to feel these feelings and that can just be something you guys sit with for a year or something. And mm-hmm. then it'd be like, oh, actually, how would you feel if I flirted with somebody at a thing? And, it, you know, like baby step it. It's not like, and now you're fucking other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think I like girls. Time to buy a strap on. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, it, it's just, it, it, let it blossom like a flower. Yeah, I like, thank you for saying that. Thank you for reminding that. Yeah, because that can be so much the fun, too, is the fantasy that you don't even have to mm-hmm. act on. Oh, yeah. Just walking around together and you're like, babe. Isn't that woman beautiful? Oh my God, I think she's looking at us. Ah, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> don't stare at women, it creeps them out. But you know what I mean? Like, be consensual. Yeah, consensual. Discreet creeps. Dis- yeah, discreet, yeah. consensual creeps. That's the thing. <laughs> I like looking at women. I like looking at all kinds of people. But if mm-hmm. I see someone attractive, and I tend to like visually be drawn to people who look feminine, like masculine looking people just don't tend to do it for me. They're not eye catching. I don't ever really care. But if I see a hot woman walking down the street, I'll do the thing where I'm like, okay, I want to look. But don't look too long. And I also <laughs> I also know what it's like to be stared at. You have uh-huh. to look just the right amount of time. Yeah, it's, like it's like, oh, res- acknowledging your existence. Yep. Moving look away. past it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So when people are like, oh, it's a compliment when dudes are staring at you. I'm like, no. Because no, no. I look at women too. And I know it's a compliment. And I know mm-hmm. it's rude. Uh, I'm a dude. And if a dude was staring at me, even if he looked straight, especially actually, if he looked straight, I'd probably be like, okay, 10 more seconds. And I'm like running out of here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also different when you look like a woman and you're looking at another woman versus a man. Somebody mm. who looks like a man looking at a woman like there's it. It's just a bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little less intense. It's like, oh, I don't even know what the word for it is. But if there's such a thing as like a evolved like awareness as creatures it's like when a when a mouse sees a cat it doesn't need to know that it's a cat it just runs away mm-hmm. like as a woman when i hear a crowd of like five males approaching oh yeah i'm like oh god am i gonna get raped on the street you just like, cross the street immediately yeah there's just a history of like yeah being afraid but if there's a group of five women walking down the street like it, it's, yeah it's, it's fine. different yeah i'm t- fine totally fine um, all right, let's take another break. Thank you for the good advice. Have you ever wanted to make a replica of your favorite penis or vulva? Clone a Willy and Clone a Pussy allow anyone to make an exact replica of a penis or vulva into a functioning sex toy at home. These DIY molding kits are ethically sourced and hand assembled in Portland, Oregon, and all materials are 100% body safe. Follow Clone a Willy on social media at Clone a Willy Kit on Instagram and clone a willy on twitter use promo code sbpdx for 20 percent off clonawilly.com attention service and sex industry workers 
Seeking Space Yoga is dedicated to providing a holistic option for after your weekend shift at 3am on Saturdays and 4am on Sundays. These special Sin Yin classes are meant to help you wind down and improve overall health. Need a little motivation? Your first Sin Yin class is free, and they offer 15% on all memberships and packages for those in the industry. Visit SeekingSpaceYoga.com or download the Seeking Space Yoga app for more information and to check out other industry-friendly class times. The Institute for Sex Education and Enlightenment offers online and live training and certification for sex education and sex therapy. If you've ever dreamed of becoming a certified sex educator or a therapist prepared for clients with sexuality concerns, IC will give you the training and the credentials you need with classes online and right in Portland. Visit instituteforsexuality.com and use the code STRANGEBEDFELLOWS to get $10 off of your first webinar or class, or email info at instituteforsexuality.com to ask about our certification programs. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows Podcast. We're talking with Erica Moen, cartoonist, and I would say sex educator. Absolutely. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much. I remember writing you. I was like, where do you get your stuff? And you're like, I read a lot of Scarletine. Yep. No, I, for a long time, even to this day, like I personally don't feel comfortable calling myself a sex educator. I I feel more like I'm a garbage man who takes (laughs) the work of other people (laughs) and I just like collect it. And then I, I drop pictures next to it. And like, I, I, I'm just a reader. I'm not like an expert, you know? Yeah. No, I understand that. I didn't, um, I didn't want to call myself a sex educator until I got my holistic certification. And mm. I definitely respect that because it, anybody can call themselves anything. Right? Yeah. But it, I would say, even if you're not going to identify as that, I would say in this context, like not a label, but as a function, you yes. are an educator. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and I'd, and everybody else calls me a sex educator. So it's not like, I don't know. I, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm you splitting can, hairs. Right. You can let them <laughs> let them call you that. Uh, so in the news, uh, it looks like it says the Snap CEO's sister, Carolyn Spiegel, starts a no visuals porn site. Snap? Do they mean Snapchat? Yeah. Oh, I thought it meant like the the food supplement program. <laughs> I, honestly, the government I'm, food and supplement program. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. I was like, this is a weird <laughs> combo. That would be a weird combo. Um, so this article is from TechCrunch. Uh, it was published in April. Uh, if you took the photos and videos out of pornography, could it appeal to a new audience? Well, it's not a new audience because written erotic has been around forever. Um, so Carolyn Spiegel's first startup, Quinn, aims to bring some imagination to adult entertainment. Uh, what did you say earlier, John? You're like, that's problematic. Well, I didn't like the fact that she described it as a much less gross, more fun porn hub for women, because mm-hmm. I can understand if you don't like the fact that women are generally being portrayed in one way, but Pornhub is a very diverse website. Pornhub does a lot for sex education, and um, I'm a little surprised around her. Like, I don't know. I wonder what her intentions are um, other than making money. But um, yeah, I think it speaks to probably what kind of feedback she's getting. So if she's of that mindset, I mean, there is a genuine audience. There is a genuine large audience of women who are like and it's legit, too, because going on Pornhub can be really triggering for people Mm -hmm. because you go there and, you know, I'm open minded and I don't have a lot of trauma relating to sexual assault in 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 many, many ways. Um, I do in some other ways, but like looking at Pornhub and you pop up and it's like, sister fucks brother and you know like pretend rape 
taxi, Mm -hmm. whatever. So there's a lot of triggering weird shit. Mm -hmm. When I say weird, I mean triggering shit, potentially triggering shit on Pornhub. But you're so right, John. It's it's diverse and it's for so many people and people deserve to be able to look at the things that they want to look at if it's consensual yeah Uh, so it says here that she says about her website our audio ranges from guided masturbation to overheard sex there's also narrated stories it's literally everything different strokes for different folks know what i mean carolyn says with a cheeky laugh Hmm. so you go to the website it is tryquin.com and it says tell read listen so you can submit a story, you can read others, or you can listen to the things that John mentioned. Um, I think this is a nice resource. I definitely do. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in that guided masturbation. Like what, what, what does that so entail? That reminds me of like guided meditation. Like right? Next, yeah. place your hand on your dick. Like, yeah. <laughs> or Ooh. vagina, since she's aiming it towards women. But um, Vulva. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. see a, a tweet. Oh, Bustle just retweeted them. So this somebody says on Twitter, whatever you call it, non-visual, quote, porn is going to gain serious momentum. Why? More intimate. Lesser display of gender, race, and misogyny. Mm. Popularization of sex in general. Well, I, I think sex is already pretty popular, so I don't know what that means. <laughs> Apparently, there's a, a $5 million funded audio porn startup called Dipsy, which she calls an exciting competitor. Huh. And uh, her other competitors will be sites like Pornhub, uh, a user-generated content site called Make Love Not Porn. Oh, I've I've talked to them a bunch. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, this last comment from this tweet says, for millennials, visual porn is all we know. It'll be a nice change up. That I want to speak to you because it is kind of a problem. And I've been taught, I've been taught this from older sex therapists and educators and I believe them because as someone who's been around just when the internet was taking off and I remember looking at my dad's porn and sneaking it you know and I have so much like old erotica I have um, Fanny Hill on my bookshelf it's like a hundred something years old so in the last 20 years there is a problem with teenagers and youth seeing sex only in the form of hardcore porn entertainment because it gives them a really bad contextual like idea for what sex for pleasure looks like because Mm -hmm. porn is not for pleasure. It is for performative visual. So the way we do things in porn is to look cool, outlandish. You know, like remember you sent me a picture once from Tumblr and it was like two dudes fucking in the shower and they were gorgeous bodies. And I remember I looked at it and I was like, wow, it'd be really hard to stand. It'd be hard to stand that way for so long. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, I didn't think about that. I'm like, I know because it's, it's made to look away. It's not necessarily how you want to fuck. Um, so I'm kind of excited about this website, but it is framed a little in a like porn shamey way without explaining why. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. oh, well, but none of us are perfect. Uh, there is another article. Bustle had one. It was published by a woman, Susanna Weiss, six days ago. Wow. Just came out. Well, as you're hearing this longer, but it says five ways writing erotica improved my sex life. Oh, Yeah. So I want to go through these and hear your reactions to these. Uh, Number one, she says it gives me custom-made masturbation material. What do you think? Yeah. Hmm. Makes sense. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you're writing what turns you on, so you get to revisit it, right? Uh, Ooh, you can read other people's stories on sites like Literotica. That's a good resource. Uh, Number two, she says it helps me figure out what I like. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. That's interesting. You can get explorative with it. Mm-hmm. She says, as I wrote down my fantasies, I realized certain themes kept popping up and some acts would consistently get me all hot and bothered. So noticing themes is great. A lot of people, I think we don't, um, we don't necessarily know what turns us on. Uh, and then as we get older, we aren't necessarily thinking about growing our sexuality. So I like, I like looking for new things that turn me on because that's how I keep it interesting. Uh, number three, it reminds me how good sex can be. Huh? Wait, how does that work? She says before she started writing it, her partner and her were in a bit of a sex rut. When I wrote stories based on past sexual experiences, I suddenly remembered how unbelievable some of that sex was, and it made me realize I wasn't having the best sex I could be. So she said it was motivation to work on her sex life to live up to her and her partner's potential. Mm. Mm, Number four, erotic stories make amazing love notes. Something you can pass on to your partner. Number five, it gives my partner inspiration. Like, hey, babe, I like this. Yeah. So I would suggest to our listeners, uh, keep a, keep a, like a fantasy journal. I'm going to start like putting post-it notes of like tiny little like gay sex stories on like (laughs) every mirror that we have in the house. They would be very short. Yeah. (laughs) Short and sweet. Very short stories if they're on post-its. Ah, that's really cute. Let's go back to talking with Erica. What would you like to see for the future of... Well, haha, can't really because Fosta. <laughs> what would you like to say to your fans or do you get any kinds of feedback? Uh, oh, I get all kinds of feedback. Yeah. Do people <laughs> want to share their stories with you quite often? Uh, yeah. People want to share, Jesus Christ, just a wide spectrum of things with me, <laughs> um, which on the one hand, like I feel very honored for that and I I appreciate it. And then on the other hand, like I am one person and my brain is already full of all my own thoughts and worries and obsessions. And then, you know, somebody, to me, they're a stranger. And a stranger comes up and they're like, I'm going to share intense opinions with you, intense personal traumas with you. And I'm like, oh, whoa. But to mm-hmm. them, yeah, like they've been reading my comics for years yeah. and I'm literally in my comic. Well, maybe that's the misuse of the word literally, but mm-hmm. my avatar is literally in the comics. And so people read this and they feel like they've developed a relationship with quote unquote me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and so for them, like I'm a trusted person they can go to, to share this with. And you know, so for that, like I feel honored. I feel very humbled. I, I, I do appreciate it. But then just for me as a person, I'm like, I'm already overloaded with my own thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something that's totally valid and happens to a lot of people who gain an audience. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people will want to um, unload, which can be like stressful and tiring when mm-hmm. you're hearing it all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to discourage anybody from from talking to me if they want to like, please don't be afraid to talk to me. Just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but it's hard. To, I want to maybe the gauge thing. the situation and see if it's like, you know, I'm so glad you said that, Erica. Yeah, because I mean, doing this show and John, you'll notice this more as we do the show longer and 
people hear your voice and they hear your stories and they're impacted and attached. But I have that too all the time. Even when this was my problem, I shouldn't have blended the two worlds. But now in the strip club, I have people where I'm trying to be sexy and entertaining. They come up and they're like, I've been listening to you for years and I was molested as a child. And I'm like, oh, I'm trying to sell a lap dance. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love I love that people trust me and want to tell me this stuff. And I yeah. love hearing it. But it's hard when you're not ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if... Uh, I mean, and sometimes I do get people who are like, can I tell you something intense? Can I tell you? Like, they'll, they'll kind of ask first, mm-hmm. which, you know, I do appreciate. But also, like, what am I going to say? Like, no, keep yeah. it to yourself. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. who would do that? So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a delicate uh, place to exist. It yeah. really is. It's really a responsibility. I think anytime you have any kind of, you know, public figure or celebrity status, it's a responsibility that you know, not all of us understand, I think, going in, but yeah, yeah, yeah. sharing your trauma yeah. will make people want to share their trauma with you. Yeah. yeah, I used to share a lot about the the harmful impacts of religion and what it had on me during my childhood. And then um, when, as my page got bigger and bigger and I went over 10,000 followers and I started getting stories and I was like, oh, neat, I can write back. And then I just kept getting stories mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, fuck, this is actually beginning to depress me. It really um, stressed you out. There it, were yeah, yeah, there were people you were like, I want to send this person like money or a cell phone or like yeah you would get horrible stories yeah people getting cut off entirely from like their their worlds just because they had done something that because like they lived in a religious state and like they were perceived they were getting othered or like there were also like a lot of kids who would message me like 15 plus kind of usually like who would be like yeah like my parents are they hate me because I'm an atheist and I'm just like oh okay this is just bringing me back to like (laughs) like, yeah I'm just like how many stories can you hear before you just need a break and some space and for me it's now three I'm like I can deal with three dms (laughs) and then the rest of them I'm just like thou shalt wait and probably not be read I've I've actually really intentionally put up a lot of barriers and made it hard to contact I noticed that when I was looking around to find yeah you have your one your your info email right yeah I say contact for business right yeah I say contact for business only and I'm actually going to change it to say even for business contact my husband and you can write to me but you you're probably not going to hear back like write mm-hmm. to me at your own risk but I'm yeah. I'm basically unavailable and um I just I I when I started out it was so exciting and so fulfilling and validating to talk about my life and like not even trauma stuff just like haha funny story mm-hmm. and to hear back from people and it was just so nurturing and but the larger and larger my audience has grown the more I just I I don't have enough in me to share with everybody now Mm -hmm. yeah and so on my Instagram page that's like my one place where I felt like I can kind of write like I used to Mm. and talk about my day because I have said it so that only people I follow can leave comments and nobody else and like people get offended by that and they feel like they're like it's just overwhelming if you have to filter yeah. through all the the amount of massive information that can come through, mm-hmm. and um, that's that can be really tiring. <laughs> well, and also just like uh, like there's the criticism, but then also I've really gotten averse to the praise as well because mm. you just have a stream of people being like, "Oh, so wise, so funny, so beautiful," and like I don't feel good getting that. Yeah. Um, from complete like if it's from somebody I know, yeah. yeah. But when it's just all these strangers who can just weigh in with their opinions about every single thing I do and say, it's it's too much. Yeah. And, I can't, yeah. I can't and it's take a lot it. of power. Yeah. yeah. Do you think also there's a part of it where um, when we're younger, because I've been, you know, I was blogging on a nude girl mm-hmm. website since I was 18. 
Um, but do you think that a part of getting older is after you have become more secure in yourself and you know what you're capable of, you don't really give as much of a crap about that external validation from strangers? I don't know. Honestly, I'm in a real screwed up place about it. Um, and I have been for the last couple of years. Like I'm, I'm trying to find the right therapist to help me deal with it, but I'm real fucked up about my relationship with being a quasi public figure and what people expect of me and how much to give back. And I love that you're saying all of this. I, it's, it's been real rough. I gotta be honest. Yeah, um, no, I really appreciate that. Cause people often, I have a lot of people around me who are like, Oh, you're popular in Portland. I'm like, no, it's stressful. Like, I don't know who's yeah. looking at me when I walk around with my kid. Oh yeah. I get recognized all the fucking time. Yeah. I imagine. And when I get people who give me a double look, like a double take, sometimes it's because they're going to come up and say like, Hey, are, are, are you Erica Moen? And sometimes it's just like just a rando who's on the street. And like, maybe they just thought I was some, like, I'd never know if it's because I'm being clocked or if it's mm -hmm. because it was just a, a coincidence. They looked at me twice mm -hmm. and I never know. Like every time somebody comes up to me and asks, are you Erica Moen? I freeze up and I clench up and I just filled with fear for oh, that first God. couple seconds until they're like, I love your stuff. I'm like, okay, I can breathe again. Have you had a negative interaction where it started like that? Oh God. Have you? I, I mean, not, not as, I haven't had it as bad as other people I know. Okay. Um, well that's, that's okay. That's not what I'm asking. You don't have to feel for everybody. Have you had a negative experience though? Oh, of course. Oh God. Okay. Like, that makes sense. I'm like, why are you stressing if nothing bad ever happens here? <laughs> yeah, no, it is stressful. I go through a, a process now when someone checks me out, I'm like, or, you know, like I was eating a Indian food buffet like three days ago and there was a, a guy across the room. And he's a big guy. And at first I thought he was one of my tattoo artists. Mm -hmm. But so I looked back and I was like, oh, no, he's just staring at me. OK, I'm going to put my, my my head down. And I it was a process of like, does he think I'm hot? Does he recognize mm -hmm. me? Does he recognize me and like my work? Does he recognize me and hate my work? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. God, that Is that so what stressful. you go through? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just always braced for the. I didn't like this and that, and you're this and this, and you're the meh, 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 meh. And I'm just like, I'm one fucking person. I'm I don't understand person. how people could take issue with you. That's unfortunate. See, and that's not something I would expect, but I think it really speaks to when you have a public presence. Yeah. You know, people are going to attach. People are going to get ideas. They're going to fling their shit at you. I'm just a symbol. Like, I'm not yes. a real person. People just form these theses, and then they put my face on it, and I... Like both positive and negative, you know, and mm -hmm. I can't, I can't live up to either of them. Mm -hmm. Well, if anything, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of this, because hopefully it will help people kind of reframe how they think about people they idolize or put on a pedestal. Um, or hate. Or hate, you know, you're still human beings. We all have differing op opinions. And I think also when you've been writing or publishing for over a decade like there's a learning curve we all go through mm -hmm. and I said this recently before too John but part of being a white person is like saying ignorant shit sometimes or I don't know what your experience has been but I definitely look at some things I've written before and I was like oh god how old was I when I said that oh yeah you know yeah. so we're all kind of growing and there needs to be some space for that the internet never forgets the internet does not <laughs> unless <laughs> FOSTA takes it down in which case <laughs> people still have screen caps but <laughs> Uh, so Erica Moen, you are excellent. Your, oh. your website is again. Oh, joy sex toy. And that's O H O H joy sex toy. I was wondering. Yeah. Um, if there was an H in there, thank you for clarifying. Um, look for Erica's books. 
Um, if you see Erica on the street, don't stare too long. <laughs> you can come up and say hi. I, I, I do enjoy getting to say hi to people. <laughs> here's, a, here's a thought. If you see someone out in public and you like their work, um, and if you want to say anything, um, you're always welcome to like buy her a coffee maybe. <laughs> or tea. Or tea. There you go. Um, somebody really cool did something the other night. Me and B were out and they said, I love the podcast and they paid for our dinner. <gasps> oh my God. And he's like, see, babe, he's like, sometimes it's not all bad being recognized. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's lovely. Yeah, that was lovely. So if you like someone, you like their work, you can give back to them in a way. Do that. And that makes your creators be able to be more secure and comfortable and keep creating. I'm back go. their Patreons. Ooh, back their Patreon. Do you <laughs> have Patreon. a Patreon? Oh, yes. What is it? Uh, it's patreon.com forward slash Erica Moen, E-R-I-K-A-M-O-E-N. You cannot find it if you search for it because I am labeled as adult work. So mm-hmm. you have to actually directly type in the URL in order to find it. It's the same with us. Yep, yep. Isn't yeah. that kind of fucky? And we can say that on here because Patreon made its money off the backs of adult DIY creators. Yeah. And they take a cut and yet they hide our stuff. Well, it's not like I know they probably could do some things better, but honestly, they're beholden to the credit card uh, True. companies. Like they didn't want to. I've, I've talked to them. Really? One-on-one. Oh, yeah. And like they are pro sex bullshit on the website, but... It's the credit card companies and like PayPal wow. originally was going to uh, pull uh, the, the reason why they separated the um, they made you go 18 plus uh, and, and be unsearchable is because PayPal caught on was like, hey, uh, there's a bunch of naked girls on here. We don't work with naked girls. Right. We're going to take away your access to PayPal. And so Patreon was like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. And so then they were like, <laughs> OK, you guys are 18 plus and you're unsearchable. And it's a compromise. And it's the credit card companies that they're beholden to. So, like, I I know Patreon steps on their feet a lot. And and I know they, they could probably be doing better and more for the, the adult content, the sex content. But honestly, it's the fucking credit card companies. I didn't know that at. about the oh, yeah. PayPal and Patreon. That's really mm-hmm. interesting. Good to know. Yeah. No, I, I feel for Patreon so hard. Okay, good. Well, then I'll, I'll go easier on them. <laughs> 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 All right, everybody. So thank you for listening to Strange Bedfellows. Please rate or review us on um, Apple Podcasts or anywhere you can, really. That helps us quite a bit because, yes, advertising is hard when you are an adult creator, adult content creator. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Erica. Thank you, Erica, for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And go to patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows if you want to hear the after show. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Strange Bedfellows Podcast. To find behind the scenes, photos, bonus clips, and journals from your guests and hosts, type www.patreon, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash strange bedfellows and join for only $1. Find us online at strangebedfellowspdx.com and Instagram at strangebedfellowspdx. You can find me, L. Stanger, on stripperwriter.com and Instagram as L. Stanger. Write your hate mail or sex and relationship questions to pillow talk at strangebedfellowspdx.com and find me, John, on Instagram at metric.cafe. Please rate and review our show on your favorite listening app. Thanks for supporting sex education and freedom of expression.